Hey colleagues, welcome back to the office and to our podcast and presentation for today. My name is Steve Yoss. I'll be your instructor and presenter and welcome to the CPE Today podcast. This is going to be the third installment of our series on small business accounting products, our small business accounting shootout, if you will. We're going to pick up our discussion today where we left off in the last time discussing and reviewing different types of accounting solutions and the different uh, methods and manners and features and functions that you might want to consider with respect to the different products that are out there. Uh, We're going to pick up our discussion for today discussing cloud versus on-premise deployments, why you might want to consider one over the other, depending on the specific needs of your organization. Good news is you have a lot of decisions uh, and a lot of opportunities to either use a cloud-based product or a on-premise product. And we're going to discuss why you might want to choose one or the other. And I'm going to give you my best insight on why one might be better than the other. And, you know, kind of in in summary, I would say, and I've, I've said this many times, cloud is the rule now. Uh, not the exception. So if you haven't considered a cloud-based accounting solution at this point, it's definitely the time to do so. Then we're going to go ahead and start our discussion and looking at specific types of accounting solutions. Now, today we're only going to be able to cover one, which is going to be the the big dog in the room uh, into its QuickBook marketplace. In fact, I don't even think we'll be able to finish it all in today's discussion. Intuit definitely is the leader of the pack when it comes to small business accounting products here in the United States, and they've got a ton of them. Uh, Their QuickBooks line of products have dominated the American small business landscape Oh, God, for probably close to 30 years at this point. Uh, And the latest and greatest is definitely going to be their online tools. And we're going to go ahead and take a look at the different products of QuickBooks Online, including the Plus, the Simple Start, the Advanced, the Accountant, and others that you might want to consider and understanding essentially some of the better fits as it relates to what type of companies are going to be better suited for QBO. In the next edition of this class, we're going to continue this discussion, uh, probably continuing to look at a little bit more of QuickBooks and then diving into some some of the other major products that are out there, including Zero and others. So many great solutions to choose from, so little time. And in future versions of this class, I'm guessing we're going to look at each of these products in depth. In fact, we've already started uh, looking at some of these specific products. And, and uh, if you We'll uh, take a look at our website, cpetoday.com or our YouTube channel or Facebook. You can actually go and see the first edition of the course that we covered, which was zero. Uh, we covered zero in a previous podcast um, that uh, if you're watching sequentially, it was actually last week. Uh, and we'll be covering it again, actually, this coming Friday, which I'll talk about more here at the end of our presentation for today. But lots of great accounting solutions we're going to take a look at. So many different tools to consider. Now, before we get going, I do want to remind you that our podcast, as with all podcasts with CPE today, are eligible for CPE credit. If you are a financial professional, and I hope you are, you can earn credits for listening or watching to today's podcast. It's super simple. Head on over to cpetoday.com. Today's course code is SBS3, Small Business Shootout 3, so SBS3. And if you're watching after the fact, uh, you'll take a short five-question quiz and you'll earn a credit for today's class. All of our podcasts are available for the content free. And if you'd like some credits to keep your license up, you can do that from our website. In fact, if this is your first podcast with with us, welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Why don't you get a free credit on us? 
Again, head on over to cpetoday.com, use course code SBS3 and coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST and you will get a credit for watching or listening to today's class. I will join you here at about uh, at the end of our podcast today for some review questions and to wrap up. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy our presentation for today. Let's go ahead and discuss cloud versus on-premise deployment. Um, when we talk about this, we're talking about either putting our data into a service provider, such as Intuit's QuickBooks Online or Xero, or even some larger provider like Salesforce or Microsoft, or on-premise, we buy hardware, we configure hardware, we're responsible for all aspects of the accounting solution running on our hardware. We either outsource this and offshore this, uh, maybe not offshore, but just basically take it out of our office or we become responsible for the maintenance of it. Now, in terms of licensing with cloud-based solutions, users are afforded access through the subscription of traditional licenses. These subscriptions are often billed monthly with the user paying for the number of licenses that they consume. Versus uh, on-premise, traditional, we will typically have to buy these licenses. They're typically sold in a perpetual manner where we actually own the license. We might have to pay, for example, maintenance or upgrade fees if we choose to go from one license to the other. But if we own the actual license itself, we could upgrade or not upgrade. We see this a lot, for example, in QuickBooks Desktop, where we'll have a client that's still frustratingly running QuickBooks 2016 seven, eight years later. Well, why? Because it doesn't cost them anything. So depending on the nature of the application, you know, you could still run into instances where the user has to continuously pay upgrade fees for every year that they use the application. But in a lot of cloud-based solutions, uh, they don't have to pay for it if they choose not to upgrade. Now, in terms of the application and maintenance, well, in cloud-based environments, the publisher is responsible for all aspects of data maintenance, including upgrades, backup, security, data conversions are all the responsibility of the software provider, not necessarily the client. And on-premise, that's all on you. That's all stuff that you are yourself or someone in your organization is going to have to be responsible for. And installing updates can be really important because often these updates will bring um, patches for security issues that are known inside the application. Um, when it's QuickBooks Online, it just happens in the background. You won't even notice any changes. But if it's QuickBooks Desktop, well, guess what? If you don't install that, you could potentially leaving yourself open to a data breach or having unauthorized access to your data. And it's recommended that you run these maintenance functions as often as the manufacturer and the developer recommends. When it comes to data storage, Cloud-based service providers will store everything. Again, it's on their server, so it's on Intuit's account. It's their responsibility to ensure that not only is the data available, but it's also backed up. And <clears throat> with respect to the actual data itself, we're not really responsible for anything other than using the application. Now, some of these cloud-based providers will give you the ability to be able to export your data. That's great. I think that's really good. I will point out, though, that uh, typically the export that you're going to get here is going to be solely really reporting. Um, you know, exporting out of zero really isn't going to do anything for you. There's nothing you could really do with that so uh, do with that file other than take it to another zero account. You know, it's the reports and stuff that are going to be useful. QuickBooks, though, you can export out a uh, working file, a QBW file, and potentially take it uh, to desktop. I will point out, though, 
it's increasingly becoming more difficult to make that useful. Um, I could totally see at some point in the future no longer being able to export out a QuickBooks desktop file. Um, I tried to do this for a class I did not too long ago uh, for our podcast, actually. We have a, a podcast on small business accounting you can check out. And I tried to perform this just to make sure it still worked. And it took me the better part of two hours to figure out um, and even longer to actually get it to work reliably. And I think at some point that'll just stop. Okay. Now on premise, it's your stuff. You're going to be the one responsible. You're typically storing this on a local server and that you're going to upgrade and you're going to update, um, you know, on your own. Now, um, a question sometimes people will ask is like, Hey, you know, can I store my QuickBooks file on like SharePoint or can I put it on uh, Dropbox? Can I put it in Google drive or something like that? And the, the answer is a resounding no. You absolutely 100% do not do it. Uh, it is not intended to be operated on a cloud sharing and syncing service like that. And the reason being is that the QBW file for QuickBooks is a database file really at the end of the day. And the sharing and syncing services need to write the entire file in its exact uh, in the exact way that that file works. Uh, meaning like when you put a photo up, it doesn't transmit half the photo. It has to transmit the entire photo. Well, with a QuickBooks file, it's not just one file. It looks like one file. Like QBW looks like it's just one thing, but it's actually sometimes hundreds of files that are all combined into that QBW format. And if you utilize a service like uh, Dropbox or Google Drive or something like that, you will corrupt your file. It's not a matter of if you absolutely will do it. So please do not put your QBW file in inside of one of those solutions. Um, you could totally put your QBB file, your backup file in there. That would totally be okay, but um, not your working file. The working file absolutely has to be on a normal hard drive or on a network shared drive that you access using normal SMB file sharing uh, services. Now, there are some uh, features and some companies, for example, that do make sharing and featured uh, rich data sharing components for QBO, or sorry, not for QBO, but for QBD. I believe one of them is called uh, QBox, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and I know we, we had a comment on this earlier asking, are hosted QuickBooks such as QBox better alternatives using QuickBooks Desktop? Well, I would tell you that QBox, what it's really kind of intended to do is to take care of that file sharing and syncing uh, for you in what you would normally get, for example, with a service such as SharePoint or OneDrive. Uh, QBox is intended to kind of serve that, that need. You can essentially you know, use the QBox file syncing, syncing and sharing service uh, to move your file from one way to the other. Um, in my opinion, though, I just really don't see the points. I, I mean, I know this this is what this is intended to do. Um, I, I just don't see the point, really. I mean, at this point, I mean, it, it's like you're, uh, I don't know, you're, you're putting training wheels on something. I, I would say just natively move to the cloud, rip that Band-Aid off, and, and just have a better cloud-based solution. This is a good, like, stopgap. Maybe it's a good interim, short-term solution for sharing your QuickBooks file between different locations. In practice, though, it never works well. Uh, one of the biggest issues that you're going to find with this is concurrency um, in terms of being able to um, operate um, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to operate this in two physical locations. You're going to run into issues with it. Additionally, you're going to have to uh, pay for this service, which isn't cheap either. You know, so it gives you one folder. Um, you know, it's 120 bucks a year. Again, it's just not really a good a good solution uh, with respect to um, 
file sharing. But no matter what, if you if you had to use this, this service at least won't corrupt your file. Uh, but my recommendation would always be to move to a native cloud solution rather than a on-premise solution. So a question came in. Uh, the QuickBooks desktop is so much better than the online version. Do you think they will ever try to get the online file to operate more like the desktop version? And I, pr I appreciate the sentiment there. And we'll talk more about online here in a minute. And the first question I would ask is, when's the last time did you take a look at the online version of QuickBooks? Uh, I will tell you that it improves regularly uh, and that it is a world-class different today in 2021 than it was in 2019, 2018. It's certainly before that. And I will tell you that with respect to QuickBooks Online, it is a thoughtful reconsideration of whatever an accounting system can do. And in my opinion, the biggest disservice that Intuit did was the fact that they called it QuickBooks. Because unfortunately, so many people come into this thinking it's QuickBooks Desktop, and it's not. Uh, it is a completely different application. They have a lot of complete, there's no code shared between them. They're completely different. The only commonality between desktop and online is the fact that they have the same name. But I will tell you that it doesn't do nearly as much as uh, the desktop version, and that's true. But it does all the stuff you really need it. General ledger, accounts payable, accounts receivable. Uh, it's got even payroll functionality. QuickBooks Desktop was originally developed in the early 90s, and a lot of the functionality is still present in that application almost 30 years later. I mean, there's just not much in the tech world that's still valuable 30 years later. Um, QuickBooks Online is that thoughtful reconsideration. They really streamed it down uh, and streamlined it to be a more powerful application with less feature bloat. It doesn't have nearly the tech debt that the desktop application is. And I will tell you, there is going to come a time, and I'm going to peg it probably within the next decade, QuickBooks Desktop will not be supported anymore. If anything, that will be your only option will be to use the online uh, tool. And in a lot of ways, I do support that because the online version, while maybe doesn't have as many features of which uh, that the desktop has, the features it does have are pretty powerful. The online bank feeds, for example, the simplified user sharing and administration, the mobile app, in my opinion, um, make it a as good of a solution, but different. Um, here's a, just a stupid example. I love macaroons. I like the haystack macaroons, you know, with that have the coconut piled up with a little chocolate on top, my favorite cookie in the world. But I also like the French macaroons, too. You know, you know, the ones that look like a little pancake with uh, frosting in between. They're both called macaroons. I think, why are they called the same cookie? They should be two different cookies, but yet they're called the same thing. I like them both. I like them differently. And it's a very similar thing with QuickBooks um, Desktop and Online. The other thing I'll mention with QuickBooks Desktop where I think it makes it a clear winner is the fact that you can run multiple QuickBooks files. Can't do that with QBO. You need a separate subscription per company. What do you do with a company with five companies? They haven't really figured out a good solution yet for consolidation or being able to access uh, multiple companies without having to pay an arm and a leg for five licenses. You know, with the desktop, you can have one license and run 20 companies if you want out of it. So in that particular situation, I think that's where the winner is. So if you haven't taken a look at it recently, it's worth your time. Now, in terms of access to applications and data in a cloud-based environment, it's a SaaS-based approach, software as a service. So software as a service means that you just use and operate it. Typically, you're going to use and operate it from a um, mobile app or you're going to operate it from the browser. It used to be browser-based applications were considered inferior. 
you know, they were considered less powerful and useful. And if it didn't have an installable application, it was not a good experience. That is absolutely not the case anymore. I could tell you every application our company builds is browser-based now, and it's just as feature-rich as what you would get with a full-blown Windows installed application, but at a fraction of the price, a ton more reliable, and it's easier to deploy, and it's a lot better experience for both developer and client. There are certain things that absolutely need to be installed on your computer. Photoshop, video editing, photo editing software, the operating system, things of this nature. Counting doesn't need to be one of those, you know? And the capabilities of browser-based applications, what we call thin clients or um, progressive web apps has improved dramatically. And the difference is when something is cloud-based like this, you can bring in other types of access. You know, the fact that I can do my bank reconciliation while standing in line and checking out at the grocery store or run a report while doing a quick 18 with my buds is fantastic. And in my opinion, again, that is one of the main compelling reasons to consider cloud. And on-prem, it's that general existing methodology, server client. You've got a server that you host your file on. You're gonna be responsible for all the licensing, all the access controls related to it. And if your company, for example, chooses to utilize uh, some sort of cloud-based uh, deployment for this, you know, then you could still get remote access. So it's not like you have to choose QBO or one of these existing on-premise solutions in order to get cloud. But there's a big difference, for example, between a QuickBooks host, uh, like Right Networks as an example, or uh, Ace Cloud Hosting, and a native cloud solution like Dynamics 365 or Xero. Uh, in the case of Right Networks, let's go ahead and take a look at them real quick, or Ace Cloud or Centrum for that matter. And all three of those are really fantastic for what they do. They're basically just taking the desktop version of that application and they're hosting it for you. Uh, and you access it typically through a Citrix-based environment or a remote desktop protocol environment. You know, uh, in my opinion, probably right networks and ACE are probably the overall best if you're solely going to work in a cloud-based environment. Um, their solution works really well for both client and firm if you choose to use it. And they'll host your QuickBooks for you. That's essentially what they, they focus on. And uh, they'll take the existing desktop experience exactly the way that you've come to know and love it, but they'll host it in a server, giving you the ability to be able to work and connect. But again, it's not a cloud application. It's just QuickBooks not running on your server environment. They take care of a lot of the other stuff like backups, security updates, things of this nature. And, you know, it's again, it's a good stopgap. It's a, it's a type of solution. It is a tool on your IT tool belt. It is a ace up your sleeve that you can choose. Now, if you're looking to build your own, cloud hosting, you know, let's say, for example, your firm not only needs QuickBooks, but you also need other stuff. Centrum or Ace cloud hosting would be the way you'd want to go. So they provide, for example, full-blown desktop experience. They can host not only QuickBooks, but all your other applications, giving you full cloud access, including your tax software. They can host all the Sage products. You happen to be using them. They host a lot of different stuff uh, for you, and they'll build essentially a cloud solution to meet your specific needs. And they've got experience hosting all different sites of applications. But again, this is not 100% cloud. This is uh, you're running in a remote desktop environment on somebody else's infrastructure, but still better than what you need and better than running it locally in your office. Now, another solution, um, another consideration that we might want to think about with this would be our security. In the cloud environment, we're not responsible for any of that. We just work. Now, we're responsible for choosing good passwords, 
and enabling things like two-factor authentication. And hopefully the provider will force us to make good security decisions. Uh, but ultimately it's up to us to choose the password that we would like. On the on-premise side, we're responsible for all of that. Okay, we have to configure it, set it up, back it up, and ensure that it's in secu in, uh, secured as well. When we look at scalability of this, cloud-based applications scale rather easily. Again, we're not responsible for infrastructure. So if the company is expecting to expand and grow, we're going to be adding more people. Well, if we, for example, just uh, use a cloud-based provider, well, as we add additional licenses, it will just work uh, for us. We don't necessarily have to you know, buy additional server capacity, reconfigure it, buy more equipment. It's just all done and taken care of. On-premise, a lot more things that we need to think about. We have to buy equipment, configure it, install it, secure it. You know, it's it's a lot more. And we could also run into some additional licensing issues in terms of getting this configured correctly. Uh, you know, so that, that is something that we would need to, conf to consider. You know, for our data conversion, okay, data conversion from on-site to cloud, typically the cloud provider is going to provide some great options for getting our data in and out. You know, uh, QuickBooks, you can natively move it up uh, directly to cloud if you want from a QuickBooks file. I'm going to tell you don't do that. I'm going to tell you that you're going to regret it. Um, I would tell you that in devils in the details, you know, it will move your file, but there's going to be issues that pop up. Um, I would tell you in general, never in, never ever import your file in, but rather run a general ledger, run all your necessary information, export it out, and then import it in piece by piece so that you get complete control over how it works. From experience, when people will import in their QuickBooks file, they'll run a general ledger on one and a balance sheet on one, and they'll run it on the other solutions from desktop to cloud. And holy smokes, nothing ties. Well, guess what? There's all these hidden things that they didn't tell you about. It's always best when you do some sort of conversion, you do it at the end of a period, close out the books, finish the bank reconciliation, make sure everything's right. And then you import in opening balances. And for any historical information you need, you go back to your old file. Uh, it is not worth it to import it in 99 times out of 100. Unless your stuff is so simple, don't do it. On-premise, you get a lot of options there because you have full access to the database so you can do whatever you want. On-premise, this is where they definitely have a full... Um, benefit compared to what you would get with this cloud application, in my opinion. Likewise, when you look at the integration, you're locked into whatever that uh, service provider is going to do. So you're locked into whatever QuickBooks wants to integrate and support. Now, granted, QuickBooks has a great SDK, software development kit. You can build all sorts of cool stuff, but that's not ubiquitous to every cloud provider. Not every cloud provider has <clears throat> all the tools necessary to build other applications with it. So it's getting better, but it's not nearly as good as it could be, you know, versus on-premise, you know, are pretty robust. You can do whatever you want. Uh, that's a sword that cuts in both directions. So, I mean, with QuickBooks on-prem, you could totally set up ODBC and write data to and from QuickBooks file. You can use the APIs that are present to be able to pull data in and out, you know, and you could do it. It's fine. Um, just make sure you know what you're doing. In terms of disaster recovery, cloud in this place definitely gets a clear win. Uh, in my opinion, cloud-based stuff is so much easier to recover in the event of some sort of major disaster with your building, property, plant, or equipment. Uh, not having to take on the responsibility of uh, managing all of that makes and frees up your time to be able to you know, focus on your work. In the event of you have a major disaster, it's the responsibility of Intuit uh, to ensure that that data or zero or whatever else you happen to be working with. 
Um, if it's on premise, you are responsible for doing all of the backup and organization, um, organizational security procedures for it. And just from experience, most organizations aren't good at it. Um, they will at best maybe take a backup every so often, but uh, unless you're doing it regularly, I mean, you're, you're really putting yourself into a really precarious situation. One of the things I would recommend, like using, again, QuickBooks as an example here, <clears throat> uh, you always want to set so that every time you close the application, it creates a QuickBooks backup and write it to SharePoint, write it to Google Drive or something like that. Because a disaster is never going to occur in a convenient time. It's going to occur at uh, 1159 on Christmas Eve, you know, right when you have your first family Christmas and everybody gets back together post-COVID. It's going to occur on April 13th at 8 in the morning when you finally get all the missing documentation you need from your clients. It's never fun, you know. I'm not going to say these risks go away when you're working with a cloud provider, but rather you shift the risk to other people and to other organizations to maintain for you. Now, the takeaway from this is trust but verify. I can tell you I still take backups of my online applications, like, for example, full exports of my general ledger, full exports of my payables and receivables and things of this nature. But um, I'm trusting that Intuit's going to do this correctly, and so far um, they haven't let me down. I will point out, though, you know, there's safety in numbers here. I mean, Intuit's used by like 20 million businesses for QuickBooks Online now. I mean, it's the fastest growing accounting solution out there and by far the largest here in the United States. There's safety in numbers. If I'm having a problem, I guarantee the other guy using the software is too. If it's on premise, I got a problem, I got a problem. Somebody has to deal with this. A corrupted uh, QuickBooks file could be very, very costly to rectify um, versus as far as I'm aware, I don't think that's ever happened for online, at least not to me anyway. Okay, in our next section here, we're going to go through and we're going to talk through many of our major accounting packages in this SMB. We're going to talk through how some of these uh, products are used, some of the major compelling use cases for them, target markets, uh, target functionality that you might want to consider. Uh, and we're going to talk through as many of these as we can. We're going to start with the Intuit products because here in the United States, they definitely are the leading uh, solution. I can tell you that when it comes to SMB accounting, it's about 80% of the market is considering QuickBooks uh, in its various forms. And there's three, QBO, QBD, and QBE. So we're going to talk through uh, the different versions of these different applications. And then we're going to talk through some alternatives to this. I know uh, most people are just wanting to keep an eye out of where different alternatives might be and ways you might want to use them. And we're going to talk through them in order of, uh, I think, interest and applicability to the widest number of people. Um, but we'll go through Zero, we'll go through Wave, we'll go through Dynamics 365 and some of the Sage products. I'll just hit as many as I possibly can and try to give you some compelling insight on where these different tools use. But I want you to keep in mind the discussion that we had starting with this uh, class and understanding where your organization might fit and where you might want to be able to implement uh, change, but keeping in mind um, some of the major considerations for planning. If you're going to go through this and choosing a solution, let's do it right. Let's make sure it works effectively for the organization. And that comes from understanding the landscape of different products out there, where each product fits in, and some of the unique specifications for your company. So QuickBooks is an Intuit product. It's been around forever. Um, Intuit is, in my opinion, probably the granddaddy of the uh, all of these different accounting solutions with its QuickBooks desktop product. 
you know, QuickBooks desktop came out in the 90s and really revolutionized the way that people did bookkeeping. Uh, prior to that, you know, up to that point, everything was done by the accounting firm. You know, you got a big old stack of papers and then you produced a set of books from that, the general ledger to the trial balance and then the balance sheet and the income statement. And it was very manual, you know, and since then, every year Intuit's come out with a new version of QuickBooks desktop with new features, products and improvements. And they've also come out with a series of online products. The first of which we're going to talk about here is QuickBooks Online. The first thing I want you to know about Intuit is that they make products for the masses. Okay, They make a product that fits the widest possible use case for the widest number of uh, businesses that can utilize their software. Um, there's safety in numbers. There's good things, for example, in terms of having a lot of people using their applications, because for example, hiring people that can do accounting, is pretty easy. You know, one of the things you can put on the resume requirement list is, do you know, QuickBooks? And thankfully here in the United States, there are millions of people who do. Now their products are in two major categories. You got online products and desktop products. The online products, in my opinion, are definitely where Intuit is putting their money, definitely where Intuit is putting the investment effort of their firm. And as I mentioned previously, I wouldn't doubt that at some point that Intuit is going to make only online products. Likewise, Intuit's split in two ways. They have professional products and consumer products. In my opinion, Intuit is a consumer company. They make far more money off of QuickBooks and TurboTax than they do, for example, their firm-centric products like the Cert or Pro Series. Um, in a way, they're kind of like a friend of me. They're a competitor in some respects to professional accounting practices because the big question is, well, do I need a firm or can I just go ahead and do this on our own? Okay, let's go ahead and take a look at QuickBooks Online. Now, most of us have some familiarity with QBO. Their marketing is by far the best and the most widespread and pervasive. It's really kind of everywhere. They sponsor Super Bowl ads. And while it might seem like a new product, it actually isn't. Uh, Intuit originally released QBO as far back as 2000. So it's 21 years old. It can legally go into a bar and order a beer uh, these days. And the internet explosion makes the concept of cloud-based collaborative accounting viable today. And it's a great option for a lot of organizations. Okay. And if you fit into its service model, it's a great solution. If you don't fit into its service model for what QBO is designed to work with, man, you're going to be really sad and it's not going to work well. Other similar online solutions would be the Sage products, Dynamics, Zero Wave, FreshBooks, and Zoho. But Intuit really kind of created this space. And Intuit developed QBO to be a pure software-as-a-service accounting solution, not simply a hosted version of QuickBooks. QuickBooks Desktop and QuickBooks Online, they share a name. That is where the similarities end. It is a completely different product and a completely different way of doing accounting. So let's talk through some of the advantages of QBO, and then we'll talk through some of the risks and disadvantages of QBO that you might want to uh, that you might want to consider. Okay, so as a SaaS product, QBO should perform well with pretty good internet connections. Okay, a risk is if you don't have good stable internet. If you are in a rural area, or you're on dial-up, God forbid, or cellular. I mean, you'd never want to use a SaaS product at that base because it's going to work really slow. But if you got a good internet connection, it should work pretty fast and it should be pretty reliable. That's been my experience. Companies pay a monthly subscription fee for utilizing QBO and they never own the software. Instead, they pay a fee. That fee will give them access to the QuickBooks online solution. Uh, and if they stop paying the fee, they lose access to their data. Um, the desktop version of this, you own it. I mean, you could run QuickBooks 2008 if you wanted to with 
wouldn't be a good idea, but you can't. Uh, so as such, um, I would tell you it's a toss up there, you know, uh, that service fee that you're paying can range, you know, pretty widely, depending if you're using the self-employed startup edition or QuickBooks advanced. And sadly they've been changing those fees quite regularly and it's getting more and more expensive, but, um, just realize you never own your license. Now there's no need to install. There's no need to maintain. There's no need to update software on anything desktops, servers, or mobile devices. In my opinion, clear winner here. I love software I don't have to maintain as a consumer because old software is just a magnet for malware. And so not having to maintain it, I think is a really good choice here. No need to maintain backup as Intuit takes that responsibility. Sword that cuts both ways. I'd still tell you to trust but verify. And if you can make regular uh, exports of your data just to have a local copy if needed. As a SaaS product, little processing occurs on your local computer. Okay, allowing companies to continue to use legacy hardware. Yeah, it's still pretty good, you know. Uh, QuickBooks Desktop is a big, beefy application. It does a lot. Uh, as such, it's always required a lot of horsepower to be able to use effectively because you're not just running the application, but you're actually also running the um, database as well on the back end of this. So for a lot of people, you know, you had to keep your computer relatively newish in order to be able to use QuickBooks effectively. The other thing I will point out with QuickBooks Desktop you can get some monster files in there. I, I had a client when I was in public accounting, they were a lumber yard and like a home improvement store local to our community. Their QuickBooks file was like, and this was like back in like 2010, it was like four gigs in size because they had every single line item transaction going back to like 92 in their file. Um, you know, that's great from a historical reporting perspective, but I'll tell you what, that file was so slow. doesn't matter how big your QuickBooks online file will get. It'll continue to operate as fast as the day you got it, because that's just really kind of how online services work. Now, with respect to your hardware requirements for QuickBooks online, really any old good old computer will do. You don't need anything special here. Um, standard computer stuff will apply. Any sort of Intel or AMD processor will work okay. Um, definitely having a good monitor would be great. High-speed internet will make a huge impact for your uh, overall connection. And you're certainly going to want to utilize the latest edition of Adobe Acrobat Reader. Uh, one of the cool things I like about QuickBooks Online, you can certainly run it in multiple screens. Um, that's really nice. Um, I like the fact, and this is something I like, I like the fact that you don't really print a lot in QuickBooks Online, but rather you export everything to PDF. I find that in this way, um, the organizations I see that using this actually print a lot less and they tend to store more digital copies. And generally, I think that's a good win for everybody from the company with reducing overhead costs with respect to printing to the environment to me not having to go actually physically pick up paper from people anymore. I think overall, that's a win for all of us. Browsers, it'll work everything. I will tell you that it is optimized for the Chromium-based browsers, so Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge. Uh, if you haven't seen the new Edge, it's real nice. Uh, the new Edge is actually built on Google Chromium. Google Chromium is an open-source internet browser. Uh, in my opinion, it's overall the best, and I think Microsoft did a great job with uh, the new version of Edge built on Chromium. In fact, I like the new Edge a lot more than I like Google Chrome, which blows me away by saying that Microsoft hasn't made a good internet browser in years uh, with the old version of edge only being slightly better than internet explorer on the Apple side of this Apple Safari. Uh, but still I would tell you use Chrome or edge. You'll get a better experience overall. 
Now, in my opinion, one of the best possible things with respect to uh, QuickBooks Online is the mobility side of this, the ability to be able to use it on your smartphone or tablet. You can use any browser you want. It supports almost all modern versions of the operating system. Mobile app works great, you know, and you almost have the exact same experience utilizing the mobile app that you do with the desktop um, experience on the browser. Uh, you can do all the stuff that you would expect. You can put an invoice in, you can run a report, you can look up billables, you can view checks. It's great. You know, where you might run into issues would be printing as an example there. But right here, is a great reason why, in my opinion, online uh, versions of these applications are, are a clear winner, uh, at least in our business, because mobility is what I value probably more than anything. I don't want anything physically requiring me to be in one place. I want to be able to go and travel, you know, go on a vacation and be able to still look up stuff if, if need be. So in my opinion, the online versions of these tools uh, really make it a clear uh, winner. Now, QBO is offered in several different versions. There is the self-employed version. There is the simple start version. Uh, there's the online plus, and then there is now the advanced. Uh, really, I'm going to go ahead and tell you these on this side of the equation over here, the self-employed and the simple start. Just block them out of your mind. Forget that they even exist and you'll be much happier for it. Uh, the features and functionalities I'll talk about here in a minute are just so limited they're, they're impractical for any purposes. Uh, really, you're going to want to consider the utilization starting over here on the online plus and the advanced version. Now, the self-employed version, it's so limited. I mean, it's essentially like nothing. It's for simple cash tracking, cash in, cash out. Uh, if you're doing a simple Schedule C, I guess it would work okay. It supports really, really basic stuff. But really, I mean, you're going to run into issues around reporting almost immediately. Um, and it doesn't do payroll. It doesn't do a lot of stuff, but it's only 15 bucks per month. So I guess if you got like a, a client, for example, doing uh, swap meets or selling T-shirts online or something like that, you probably wouldn't be in the worst in the world. I'm sure it's better than getting a you know laundry basket full of receipts, but not much. Now, note that QBO in self-employed does not need upgrade to other um, QBO plants. Okay, we've got our simple start, simple start, single user. It's a major scaled back version of QBO. Target market is new and emerging businesses. Think very price conscious people and they're not sure if their business are going to last. Okay, it supports fundamental accounting needs, general ledger stuff, reporting stuff, invoicing stuff, AR stuff, basic check writing. But it does not provide inventory, does not provide POs, does not provide recurring transactions, location tracking, or really kind of anywhere else. However, it does integrate with online payroll, but it does not provide time tracking option. You know, uh, it's it's an okay solution, but uh, I mean, it's still pretty, pretty limited with respect to what it does. I mean, anybody who's coming to expect like the actual functionality they get from the desktop version, if you were to only look at the simple start of the self-employed, you're going to be upset. You're going to be like, this doesn't do anything. And you're absolutely right. It doesn't. Now, with the online simple start, you could share it with up to two external accountants. The nice thing about this is it provides collaborative accounting and eliminates the need of transferring files back or forth. Uh, the online simple start starts at 25 bucks a month. Okay. 
Now that we've gotten through the two options you don't want, here are the two options you would consider, okay? Here's QuickBooks Online Plus and QuickBooks Online Advanced. QuickBooks Online Plus provides all the functionality of what we saw here, plus everything that you would normally come to expect with an accounting solution. It supports multiple access, up to five users, inventory, 1099, billable time tracking, revenue and expense tracking, classes, budgeting, as well as advanced reporting. However, frustratingly, they have raised the price of this 20 bucks just in the last year. It used to be 50 per month, now it's 70 per month. And in my opinion, that's just really expensive. You start doing the math here and you're like, well, is this really worth, you know, like 800 bucks a year? I don't know, you know? Now, with the online advanced version of this, this is the newest version. This came out earlier this year, and it was designed to support the needs of larger organizations, okay? So with QBO Plus, you can get bigger multi-user access, up to 25 users, larger number of accounts. The online plus is limited, I believe, at it's either 200 or 250 accounts. I can't remember. It's one of the two, though. And if you have any sort of complexity, I mean, 200 accounts is not enough. Um, if you're supposed to do, for example, um, you know, pretty high detailed general ledger tracking, I mean, you're going to find that that is not enough to work with. Uh, with online advance, I think it takes it up to a thousand. So you get a lot more complexity in your accounting solution. It also gives you better control over how your users are segmented and set up. Uh, gives you more reporting capabilities. It gives you the ability to create your own backups, as I mentioned. You can create automation workflows. However, it comes in at a whopping 150 bucks per month. So certainly uh, not cheap for what it does. Now, your clients are going to want to choose one of these uh, four options with respect to getting access to QBOA, or sorry, to QBO. <clears throat> and these options are the plans that you have to go from, and these are going to be per fee, uh, per month fees that you would come to incur. Now, I would say online plus or, or advanced are really kind of the only options here. The other two are just too limited, and uh, I, I figure you're really going to be hamstringing your, yourself if you don't choose the plus or the uh, uh, advanced version. Now, for us, you know, professional accountants, we got we got some options here, and. We have some options in a way that we can interact with our client files. We have some options with respect to how we use this tool. And we even have additional capabilities that are not present in the underlying application for our clients, but we get access to. Okay. Now, I'm going to talk about a program here. It's called QBOA, QuickBooks Online Accountant. And this is designed for financial professionals that are going to be doing work for uh, clients and um, need the ability to be able to interact with their client files. Now, QuickBooks Online Accountant has a couple of major compelling features that you should consider. Okay, here they are. Okay, first feature with this, you get native access to your client's data files. So if they're using QBO, if you're a QBOA accountant, you can access the file without ever having to send things back or forth. How many of us remember the accountant's transfer copy and the fact that it never seemed to work correctly in terms of merging the changes in the journal entries that I created back to the client file, or it would lock stuff so that you could modify it, you know, on the client's side. It never, ever worked right. It was a still not a really good solution overall. Okay. Well, QBOA, you get native access to your client files. You can interact with it and work with it real time. Like you're sitting right there with the client and you never exchange information back or forward with it. They map you in, you'll see them pop up in your firm uh, dashboard. You can click into their file. You can access it a hundred percent and it works really great. So that's option number one. Okay. Option number two, you get additional features 
such as the accountant's toolbox and additional accountant-centric reports that are specifically designed to give you the tools and capabilities to better manage your client files. Um, for example, the tool inside of the toolbox that I use the most is, is batch reclassification and batch account transfer. Clients always put stuff in the wrong accounts. They create, you know, the wrong accounts and then they end up, you know, putting their stuff all over the place. They uh, screw up opening balance entries. They put things in the wrong classifications, whatever. Well, prior to the QBOA program and prior to batch reclassification, frustratingly, painstakingly, you'd have to change those one by one. Well, with the accountant's toolbox, it got this batch reclassification tool. You could move stuff around to your heart's content. It's pretty great. I mean, you can find transactions and clean up a client's book really quickly and easily. You know, and it's got other tools too, such as batch write-off, uh, and it gives consolidated access to many more accountant-centric features that you'll get compared to the normal application. Okay, so that's option number two. Option number three are firm administration, okay? QBO gives you a whole firm administration tool that allows you to set up other people to access client files. So let's say you're at a firm and you've got three or four staff accountants and they all work on their own individual client files. Well, with QBOA, I create the firm, I associate the clients to the firm, and then I can assign individual team members to work on those client files. The reason that's preferred is that drastically improves the security. The client never has to give me their password into their file ever. So I love that. I love not having to keep confidential data for other people because I'm always conscious of data breaches. Well, if I don't have to keep track of that information, they maintain access, I maintain access, I'm significantly reducing my risk than the old way where I would maybe remote into somebody's computer and act you know, on Friday night and act like I'm them and work on their QuickBooks file or having them send data to me. Data is now always maintained by Intuit in this. Okay, that's option three. Option four, QBOA members can purchase QBO at significant discounts and then resell it to their clients. Uh, they call this wholesale billing. Now, you don't have to do this. It is certainly up to you whether or not you want to provide this feature and function to your clients, but you certainly can. Um, if anything, maybe you just buy it and you pass the savings on to them, but a client can save like 50% if the firm buys it for them and um, you just utilize it that way. Okay, now my fifth option for QBOA, the fifth, okay, would be the fact that it's free, F-R-E-E. -E. With respect to the free version, um, you get a free license of QBO that you can utilize uh, to your heart's content. Um, and you can utilize it for your firm, you can utilize it for your personal life, however, choose, uh, however you choose to use it. Uh, you get a free license of the online advanced version um, so that you can sell it for, uh, sorry, that you can use it to learn however uh, you would like for this. So it's kind of cool. I mean, there's really kind of no reason not to, um, there's no reason not to use this program. It doesn't require any setup or off of upfront fees. Um, you can get started with respect to uh, getting going with this by just signing up and you can go ahead and just start utilizing this program. Now, I will point out Intuit has changed the nature of this program overall. Um, I believe in some instances they've either changed or eliminated some of the options with respect to licensing for your clients. So I'd recommend that we check the QBOA website to get all the specifics with respect to what you can and cannot do because uh, the program does change from time to time. Okay, so let's go ahead and quickly take a look at the QBOA program and uh, figure out how we can get started with this.
So best thing you can do, just Google QBOA into it. It should take you to this website over here that you can then learn a little bit more about the, uh, the program. Uh, and if you click this little button right here, you can sign up for free. They won't take a credit card, so no worries. All you have to do is put in an email address, first name, last name, create a password, and you're in. You're ready to go, and you can you're locked and loaded to be able to try this application and you know kind of give it a give it a spin for what you would like it to be. So there's no reason not to. It's it's again it's a hundred percent free. It's not like Pro Advisor where you have to pay some sort of fee and do continuing education with QBO uh, A. You just sign up and you're locked and loaded and ready to go. Now, let's take a look at the actual file itself. If you Google, this is one of my favorite things to do when I'm testing things, QBO test drive. Intuit maintains a publicly available demo account. You can just try things out for your own. So I'm going to go ahead and share the link with you if you'd like to try this out. And so from here, you just set to do uh, your whole I'm not a robot thing, and then you can lock you're locking loaded and take a look at this. Now, the file we're looking at here, this is just the demo file. We're not looking at the online accountant's version of this. Mostly just want to familiarize you with the overall application itself. Oh, this is interesting. They recently changed this. Forever, it was Craig's Landscaping Service. And now I guess we have a new company, Long for Success Event Planning. Oh, that's nice of them. Okay. Uh, oh, I bet, you know what? I bet I am in a international version of QuickBooks, which is why I'm seeing it this way. The American version always said Craig's Landscaping and Design Services. I wonder if I am in like the Canadian or, or English version. Who knows? Okay, well, over here, some of the major features that I like that are really uh, useful. I love the bank feeds. Uh, in my opinion, this is probably the best feature inside of the application uh, besides the uh, mobile connection version of this is the fact that I could pull down data coming from my online, coming from my bank instantly. Um, I don't have to import any transactions. I don't have to go to the bank. I can just essentially uh, log in and grab this data automatically. So if I click up here to the upper right-hand corner, we click this link account. Yeah, we. I think we're in the Australian version of this. Uh, let me see. Let me just try this real quick. That's interesting. QBO USA test drive. I wonder why it took us to the Australian version. Let's try this one more time. Okay. I think we got sent over. That's weird. It went to the Australian version. Because GST, I used to live in New Zealand. I lived in Wellington for a year, uh, over a year, and I loved every minute of it. And I was looking at GST. I was like, we don't have goods and service tax. Yeah, here we go. This is the correct one. That's interesting. I don't know why it automatically took us over for uh, the Australian version, but I'm going to definitely keep that in mind. I have uh, I do work still in New Zealand, Australia, and South Africa, and, and it's always nice being able to see how it looks in their world. Okay, so... Let's try this one more time. Over here on the right, uh, we're going to see our bank feeds. And from here, we can click over here to our checking account, and we can browse the online bank. And at any point, we can come up here, click this update button, and it will go ahead and download the latest transactions from the bank. I have to do nothing. I don't have to log into the bank. I don't have to do anything other than provide the initial uh, credits. 
we click this link button. And this is going to present us with the banks that um, we can interact with. And virtually all banks support this. Certainly all your big consumer-focused banks, as well as many of the business banks are here. So things like Bank of America, Citibank, Chase, U.S., uh, they're all present. Uh, and many of your regionals, uh, credit unions, savings and loans, they're going to be present as well. There's a lot of business banks, you know, like let's say you go into Citizens Bank right here supported. Uh, we have a ton of different options with respect to the bankings that you would choose to use. And so it's over 20,000 different countries. Uh, it's 20,000 different local and international banks. All you have to do when you choose a service like this and it's not going to let me do this because we are in a demo file, would be to provide our username and password. They log in and then they have access to the account. One of the things I'll point out with QBO, they do not store the username and password for the service. They never actually get it at any point. This is called token-based authentication. And all services that do this with banking follow this methodology. You actually log in directly to your bank, and then your bank authorizes it and hands QuickBooks a token that then represents you going forward. That token is read-only, uh, and they can't transfer money or do anything like that. So it's 100% safe, and Intuit never actually gets your banking credentials, and they don't store it. But this feature right here is so powerful because it just downloads these transactions automatically. There's uh, heuristics and uh, AI algorithms and machine learning algorithms that you can, that would get run on this to help analyze and match up transactions. And they're always, for example, like scanning the actual transactions themselves and making recommendations based off of how other people use this to kind of give you insight with respect to where that transaction should be uh, categorized. And you can even set up rules around this so that it'll automatically push those uh, transactions to the correct account. But the banking side of this, in my opinion, is a no brainer. It works really, really well. Okay, all the other stuff that you would come to expect here, your sales, your invoicing uh, works great. One of the things I like about any of the cloud-based solutions, like when it comes to invoicing, is that the invoices get sent automatically. So you don't really have to think about it. Um, you know, if you're using FreshBooks, you're using Xero, using any of these solutions, you know, when I send an invoice, I don't have to print it out. I can just email it into the company and they just take care of it that way. Or if they're using Bill.com, I can send it to their Bill.com address and uh, they'll get it automatically. Other things in here that are of use to know, the payroll functionality, eh, it's okay. I mean, I personally recommend just using a dedicated payroll provider. It's usually not that much more expensive. Payroll and Intuit, honestly kind of expensive. So um, I always find that you get better service using a local company. But it comes in, I would say average spend on this would be about $25 uh, per employee. Got other features and functions that you might like as well from reporting, project management, expense tracking, so on and so forth. And if we come down here to apps, the last thing I'm going to mention with respect to QuickBooks Online is they definitely win when it comes to third-party functionality and third-party integration. Uh, Intuit has invested heavily in creating developer tools that allow organizations of all types to build on top of the Intuit framework and to provide enhanced functionality. Now, other companies, Xero has some apps that work with it, as well as Dynamics 365. But when we talk about diversity of applications, Intuit's QuickBooks definitely has the most. So this is going to be where you can, for example, integrate your bill.com, where it'll manage your AP automatically. This is going to be where you can integrate Melio to have it do things like your AP automatically. 
or track expenses um, using services such as Expensify or Concur or others or manage customers using CRM. You know, this this marketplace is fantastic with respect to the variety, breadth and depth of tools that are supported here. Um, one tool that I will point out, if you're working a lot with getting data in and out, this tool right here, this bulk import, this is what I do whenever I'm doing a QuickBooks conversion for a client. Um, this tool gives me a lot of um, control over actually getting data into the application. And I find that works to be a lot better than just kind of letting into it map the data in automatically. So um, they're tools for just about anything. They've got tons of different categories of different applications. Uh, there's stuff for managing customers, projects, analytics, sales tax, time, whatever, you know, uh, payroll as well. And it's really a robust solution. If you haven't seen QBO and you haven't looked at it recently, you really haven't given its due consideration, sign up for that QBOA program, try it out for yourself and really, you know, kick the tires. Cause I think you'll find that it, it's pretty robust in terms of what it does. Now, does it have all the different variations and versions like the nonprofit and construction and point of sale? No, it doesn't, you know, but not a lot of people actually were using that functionality either. QuickBooks desktop for the most part really just kind of got bloated um, in over the years with just feature creep and just tons and tons of additional features that were brought in. Now, as much as I like QBO, if you do not meet the specifications of how this program is intended to be used, the company that they had in their mind when they were making this application, you're going to be really frustrated with using it. It is designed for organizations that are decentralized, that have mobile workforces, that have little to no IT expertise. It's designed for organizations that have reliable high-speed internet access. It's designed for organizations that are capital constrained, that prefer to pay for software over time. Okay. It is designed for organizations that want, um, that do not need, for example, job costing, extensive report customization, or any point of sale. So you have to be okay with this. So who is it designed for? What kind of businesses? Service-oriented organizations, professional service firms, okay, accounting practices, consulting practices, um, mom-pop shops, people who sell t-shirts online, uh, dentist office, um, you know, really kind of anybody that is more in the service-oriented or selling very limited products. Uh, home repair, landscaping, uh, fitness people, you know, fitness trainers, pest control, other types of service firms like that. Uh, Sales-oriented organizations that do not have a ton of inventory complexity. So low complexity with respect to inventory. Manufacturers representatives would be an example of that, you know, or uh, very, very few SKUs. You know, so wholesale distribution would be okay as well. But if you have any complexity with respect to inventory, stop. Do not do this. You're going to regret it. It's not designed for you. And where I think QuickBooks got a bad name and a bad reputation is the fact that they just took all takers. You know, they were not really selective with respect to who they let inside their business. And they just said, hey, everybody come and use QuickBooks online. And eventually people figured out that this wasn't a good Colleagues, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our presentation for today. Let's go ahead and wrap up with three quick review questions and we'll get you on your way. 
Our first question, which of the following is often a differentiator between cloud-based and on-premise-based small business accounting solutions? So let's put on our thinking hat here and think about what would be some of the differences between an accounting system we'd have in the cloud and an accounting system that we would have running on our local IT infrastructure, like a server in our office. Okay, data conversion utilities are sometimes limited in cloud-based solutions compared to on-premise. And that's actually true. As we kind of talked about in the presentation, uh, when you're working with cloud, typically you have to do everything through a REST API. And whether or not that solution has an API to begin with is going to limit what you can do uh, versus a on-premise solution where you would have direct access to the hardware, the operating system, and you can make those changes yourself, which may or may not be a good idea. But if it's on-prem, you control it. You can do a lot more with it. Cloud-based solutions are inherently better for disaster recovery where on-premise solutions are not. Well, that's with one big assumption that you're working with a quality provider that is going to have good security, good backup, good business continuity, disaster recovery solutions in place, backup, security, all that kind of jazz going along with it. Uh, but yes, generally, especially if you're working with a big provider like Zero or Intuit or more, you're going to be good there and you're not going to have to configure anything yourself. So that's going to be a better option. Cloud-based solutions often require less maintenance than on-premise. Absolutely. If it's in the cloud, as long as you can get access to the internet, you can be able to use that solution. You don't have to worry about backup, security, updates, upgrades, maintaining equipment, power, air conditioning, internet access, and more. So the correct answer here is all of the above statements are true. Those are some of the big differences between cloud and on-prem. Our second review question, which of the following is generally true regarding end user hardware requirements for cloud-based solutions? So think of, I'm using my physical computer to connect to something in the cloud. So what would that be? Cloud-based solutions typically require more sophisticated cloud computing than on-premise solutions. Sorry, they require more sophisticated computing platforms than on-premise. Nope, that's definitely not true because all the computing is done remotely. All you have to do is be able to get online. So you could have uh, even what we would refer to as a thin client or a, a netbook, you know, that maybe just connects to the internet. That's about it. Cloud-based solutions cannot run on mobile devices. Absolutely not true. Most cloud-based solutions will have a native mobile app, which is often really cool. The correct answer here is hardware requirements for cloud-based solutions are generally lighter than on-premise, meaning you can have a less sophisticated machine and be able to operate in the cloud just easily enough uh, because... All the computing is done in that data center. There's really nothing being done locally on your machine that's really going to be taxing to that environment. Our third question, which of the following, uh, which QuickBooks online subscriptions offer the most robust set of features? Well, it's not going to be the simple start and it's not going to be the essentials. The correct answer here is going to be the plus and the advanced, with the advanced being the most robust out of the group uh, in terms of having the most number of features and unlimited number of accounts and a uh, lot more sophistication with respect to classes and locations and things like that. But plus is no slouch either. It's just the only big difference between the two of these is that plus is not going to have unlimited like the advanced version will. So, and the advanced only come out recently, up to maybe about a year ago. You know, everybody was just using the plus version. Alrighty, that does bring us to the end of our presentation today. Today, we discussed the differences between cloud-based accounting tools and on-premise accounting tools. Uh, and we took a deep dive on the Intuit products, looking at both the online as well as the accounting uh, products as well. 
And in the future versions of this course and our next one, which will be coming out uh, here in the next week or so, uh, we're going to take an in-depth look at some of the other accounting solutions on the market that maybe you haven't used or are familiar with, including Zero, Wave, Accounting Suite, Sage, and others. So lots more good content to come. Now, if you are watching this and you'd like some CPE credits, let's hope you do head on over to cpetoday.com and take a, and use course code SBS three. If you're watching after the fact, after this was produced live, and again, we broadcast live twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 AM Pacific. So if you're watching after the fact, you'll take a short five question quiz and you'll earn a credit for today's class. You'll be well on your way to maintaining that license. In fact, if this is your first podcast with us, with us, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code one free podcast at checkout and you will get today's credit for free. If you enjoy our content, please help us spread the good word. Connect with us on social media and share this with your friends and family. You can find us at CPE Today pretty much everywhere, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and more. Besides our courses, we're always trying to put up relevant and interesting information on the profession. Uh, so check it out. And you can always subscribe to our show on the wherever you happen to get your content, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. We'd love for you to leave a review and let us know what you think of, of our class and what you think of our podcast. Thank you so much for your time and attention. It is always my pleasure being with you here today, and I look forward to seeing you in the office the next time around. Good luck.